Welcome to Obey Your Strengths with Gallup Certified Strengths Coach, Kathy Kirsten. Our guest today is Jessica Weaver. She has spent 25 years helping kids overcome obstacles to obtain an education. She is the CEO of Communities and Schools of San Antonio, a nonprofit on a mission to surround students with a community of support, empowering them to stay in school and achieve in life. Based directly inside schools throughout Bear County, Communities and Schools connects children and their families to basic and critical resources and needs. Welcome to the Obey Your Strengths podcast, Jessica. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm so glad that you agreed to come and share your story. Uh, let's talk about how we met. Okay. I met you, I want to say in 2014, whenever I uh, began working with communities and schools, also known as CIS, uh, to help you guys roll out strengths with your organization. Is that the right timing? Was it back then? About Yeah. Four years ago? Sounds about right. Wow. It feels like it's been um, just yesterday, actually. But yeah, four years ago. And I've learned a lot about your organization. And I think you've got something really magical going on there. And I'm so grateful that you're coming to share the story with our listeners today. But I want to start out our podcast with focusing on you and your top five strengths. Can you tell us what they are and a little bit about each strength? Okay, so I'll list them really quick. Okay. So my five are ranger, maximizer, strategic, connectedness, and individualization. And so a little bit about them, kind of how they relate to me, is a ranger and strategic kind of, I think it's what my staff see all the time. My brain is constantly looking at how do I, and maximizer. I think those three are like my my work, mm-hmm. um, my work strengths that they are come out in me very often. So I'm always looking at how do I maximize the best potential of everyone and how do I maximize the potential of a situation? Mm-hmm. And so that always changes. And so then I'm arranging things. Okay, maybe we could do it this way. And so I tell my staff, I know like they, they see me when I walk into their office and I sit down and I say, I have an idea. And it's kind of like everyone holds on to their desk because <laughs> my brain has been kind of arranging and maximizing and strategizing. Just how do we do things better? And I always, I've told you this before. I always wonder, like, did that become part of me because I'm part of a nonprofit? You always mm-hmm. try to maximize your resources and mm-hmm. trying to strategically think. I don't. It's me, but I think it um, definitely benefits the organization in thinking that way as well. And then and connectedness and individualization, I kind of personalize that a little bit more. I feel like connectedness and individualization is what helps me keep moving through a mission that sometimes can be difficult. When you're in a nonprofit organization, you're constantly trying to help people understand your purpose and why we do what we do. And when you lose sight and when you when I since I started at the school level that's why I do the work that I do and so when I'm at the level that I'm at now you're not as connected to the kids that you're seeing all the time and so my connectedness and individualization is really important to me to stay focused on what purpose I have in my life Mm -hmm. and um, it goes outside of work as well because if I don't feel connected or something's individualized you know something is really connected to me and the things that are important to me then it's hard to stay really purposeful so those are really important to me and I think in this role as the CEO those need to continue to be filled or I, I start feeling a burden 
Mm-hmm. And I start feeling disconnected. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are my five. And I, I definitely see them very much alive. Mm-hmm. And I can see when they're very active. But I definitely have to work on those real personal ones to make sure that I feel purposeful and I feel that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. You are known by your strengths, too. To, to give the audience a little bit of context around communities and schools, you have a staff of about 150 folks, right? Mm-hmm. And they are um, geographically located at schools, correct? And how many schools are there now that you We're guys about serve? 90 some plus schools. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So we don't see school. our staff very often. You don't see your staff very often. And whenever I began helping you roll out strengths within your organization. And we'll talk about some of the beginnings and the why and all that stuff. But when we're talking about your top five, I wanted this fun, I wanted to play a fun game with your staff. And so I made these, do you remember the old Guess Who game? Mm -hmm. I think that's what it was called, where you had like the little faces, Uh right? And you had to describe them to the people, you know, your, your person across from you. So I had kind of a board set up like that and I had someone's strengths. And I, I didn't have the picture of who they were. I just had a question mark. And I used your strengths, of course. And I, I explained, this person sees the world as moving pieces, arranger. Right? This person is looking for the biggest return on investment or a better way all the time, maximizer. You know, and I, w- I went through your top five. And when I got to individualization, I said, and this person will always remember unique things about you, no matter where I played it at played that little game. And I went to, I didn't go to 90 places. Many times those groups came to me at a certain place, but um, they all knew you. They all knew. They all guessed. It's Jessica Weaver. I was like, yes, how do you know? But that's how they know you. They know you that you remember. And I I would hear stories of like where uh, a, a fairly new employee had been there maybe three or four months. And she would say, I sort of off mentioned, like mentioned on the side one time to Jessica that I had a husband that was in the military or a a dog named Ralph or something. And Jessica remembered that little bit. And then later on, like six weeks later, asked me about it. I'm like, how does she remember all that? Yeah. What's funny is I've grown with this agency. And you know, when there's 10 of you, you remember everything about it. And now when there's 150, this biggest struggle I have had is not feeling like I know everyone's story. Mm-hmm. And so when we are all together uh, about four times a year, I always, I give the new staff a challenge. Like, could you come introduce yourself to me? Because I feel like I'm missing that. And so our organization growing mm-hmm. has definitely been a challenge. And how do I fill this bucket mm-hmm. in understanding my staff and knowing them this way, the mm-hmm. way I used to? Right. So, Oh, girl, you're obeying your individualization. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's really cool. I imagine it, it does create a little bit of a, a uh, discontented feeling if you can't know each individual. Yes, it drives me a little crazy. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, let's talk about why you guys rolled out strengths. So tell me the story, uh, you know, before I got involved in coming and doing the actual practitioner part of training, you know, what was what was the whole idea? Well, I was introduced to strengths kind of the way most people are, you go to a workshop, and they introduce strengths, you take the test, and you get a you know, a couple of hours of learning a little bit about yourself a long time ago. And so I'd always liked it. I always felt like oh, that resonated with me. And then we had an opportunity to really introduce it to more staff, just a small group of staff from a, a kind of a friend of CIS. Mm-hmm. And the reason that we felt like it was an important 
concept or our culture that we wanted to incorporate was because we work in a world that sees deficit every day. And so in our work that we see our kids who don't have or our kids who are struggling or our kids who are that, we tend to see our kids, okay, well, what strength do they have? And that's how we turn the world around. But we forget to do that with the adults that we work with. And so we made a decision that we felt strengths would give the same message to our staff, to the adults, as we give the message to our kids, that they have strengths and so do the adults that we work with. And so that's why it was important to us. Because when you work in a world of deficit all the time, that becomes really overwhelming. And we really want to work in a world of strengths, but not just focus on our kids' strengths, focus on the kid, on the staff and the adults that work with our kids. Mm. So... Um, so when we had the opportunity to actually do this across the agency, we wrote a grant to ask mm-hmm. if we could um, bring you mm-hmm. and um, bring this across the whole agency. We decided that this was really more of a message to our staff and a culture we wanted to incorporate, that we teach it to see our kids this way, but we really want to see each other this way. Wow. I didn't know that angle. Yeah. Or maybe if I did, Jessica, I don't... That really resonates with me now. Maybe it's also because four years down the line, you know, I'm a parent of three kids now and knowing more about what you do. I think in the beginning, I didn't realize the hard, hard job you guys have. You know, we're going to talk all about strengths, but tell mm-hmm. us like, what, what are some of the challenges that your staff have at their site locations? Yeah, I mean, the big challenge that we have, I mean, we, we purposefully work in schools where there's high poverty. Mm-hmm. So we know we're moving into areas where kids really do have deficit. They're, they're coming in with less than what some of us see our, our own children with. And so when you already know that, then you already know that you have some things, uh, gaps to fill. And so when, when kids are going through challenges, it doesn't mean that it doesn't that they don't have the same potential as everybody else. It just means that someone's got to fill the gap. And so our staff are there to fill that gap. And whether that's just basic needs, which is food, clothing, just stability, um, that may be the one thing that they need to even get to the next level. And then the other thing that we really focus on is really social, emotional, mental health needs of our kids. We see kids with a lot of anxiety now and um, with a lot of really – Uh, difficulty managing and coping with some of the things that they're dealing with, things that as an adult, maybe you've developed coping skills for, but as a child, you haven't really developed those coping skills. So our staff are there. They're that bridge to help them make it through that time of life Mm -hmm. and how to do that in school and how to do that and still be productive. So our staff are seeing a need all the time. That's what they see all the time. And so you got to really watch our staff and take care of them. And one way for to do that is for them to understand what their strengths are. Yes. You know, and I know from working in a nonprofit prior to my rack space career, I know that sometimes it's a struggle. And I wasn't even working in, I was working in a financial literacy organization, financial literacy and education. And while we're strapped for resources, that's just sort of the part of being in a nonprofit, you know, pulling from a well that sometimes isn't full. And so filling up your your own bucket, right, Mm -hmm. with doing work that makes you feel resilient, doing work that makes you feel strong. My belief strength is always um, zoned in whenever I'm doing nonprofit work, whether it's as a consultant or if I'm doing it as a volunteer 
or back in earlier careers, but I can imagine that it's very important for your employees to do work that fills them up because there's a lot of, like you said, deficit going on around them. Right. Mm. And I think for me, like that's where the maximizer kind of works well is because I can see the potential in our staff. I can see the opportunity in a situation. And even if it's a challenge, it's like, okay, so what does this help us? You know, what, what can we do with it? Mm-hmm. And so I think it's just helped me really maintain. Um, and it, it doing strengths and really making it live helps you to understand where that's coming from. That it's just not like a response. It's just who you are. And you tap into those strengths to make it through and to be effective with what you're doing. Ah, okay. All right. Well, well, you're three years in or four years in to this strengths journey as an organization. And, uh, you know, you know, you've grown a ton because I, I believe when I started working with you, you were around 100 people maybe back there in 2014, or maybe slightly more. And now you're up to 150. So Surely there's other folks that are there on, on your staff that are on a different part of their strengths journey. But can we just talk a, bit, a little bit about what you've seen through the journey and maybe how we rolled it out? You know, when I recall when we started together, we started with the management team, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And we spent some time because it was really important. I knew that you, your arranger, maximizer, individualization, <laughs> that you couldn't wait to find out people's strengths so that you could make sure that everybody's in the right role, got the right seat on the bus, so to speak. But was it a sure thing that everybody on on staff and the executive team said, yes, let's do this? Yeah, I think that was pretty easy for us. Was it? Um, Just because it's for who we are. Mm -hmm. We're all into, like, who are you? Yeah. Um, How do you work? How do you function? And so that was a pretty easy sell. Um, But we've done other things. You know, there's all these other ways of how do you do team? How do you? um, So we've done other things in the past. But I think that the part that we really wanted to make a decision on is that if we were going to do this, we really wanted it to be something that stayed as a part of our organization and that we weren't doing a workshop and we were done. And so that was the commitment that we had to make. Yes. So the easy part was doing strengths. This hard part was saying, okay, we're committed to finding a way to continue to live with this all the time, bringing in new people, doing, you know, new hires that we're not going to move away from it. So yes. that was the commitment that yes. was different. And that that affected the strategy of how we rolled it out. So that that's why we started with that management team. And we put the managers through a little bit of a different strength session than we did the teams because we wanted the managers to not only understand their own strengths, but understand how to utilize and coach and develop the strengths of their employees, right? right. So we pulled those managers all together and we kind of came to this agreement that we wanted to have strengths-based conversations. And that starts with understanding your own and then knowing enough of the full 34 strengths framework and language that you could speak in an educated way. You don't have to know everything about each person's strengths, but at least understand how their strength might motivate them. Have you seen some managers really grasp it and and take off with it? Yeah. So... I think most people who work for a nonprofit or who work for an organization that you don't have a limit, you know, there's this very clear limit of resources. Mm-hmm. So we really had to strategize, like, how do we, where do we start so that we know we will have new people and how do we keep it alive? And so that's why we started with the managers. It was really strategically thinking that way. Mm-hmm. So I will say that our senior team, there's some particular people that really like something will come up and they're like, 
these are their strengths that make sense. <laughs> and they really, really live with that. Mm -hmm. And then there's also, uh, I know I've experienced some of my staff who have come to me and they're like, you know, I just am deliberative. I just, I need some time. And I've been much more thoughtful of my idea that I've been percolating in my head. So I think they should be ready to like to hear it and move on it like at that moment. <laughs> right. So I've been more, th more thoughtful to allow myself to have that percolating moment and to say everything. It's like, okay, so tomorrow you can come back to me and let me know what your thoughts are. <laughs> and so they've helped me to understand how to communicate with them a little bit better yeah. and to understand that. And so, and it's often like we also spend time during some challenges that we look at, okay, what are we, are we missing something? Mm -hmm. And maybe look at strengths, like are we not speaking the right language? Are we not, you know, uh, addressing something within their own strengths? So um, so we've really tried to, we try to do that. And we've brought you back to help us mm -hmm. make, to do some more coaching and using strengths. And, but it's a, it's a, it's a journey. It's not something that just because um, we all agree, it's wonderful that it's easy to maintain all the time. But I think that as a whole, our senior team and our managers really know that this is important to us and it's it's actually a tool and it's not just just a culture thing it's a tool mm -hmm. that we can use to support one another and i see it i see it in our staff not all the time but um enough to know that we keep it alive yeah me too because i get to come back every year or so and or you know get to do different things with your group. And I still hear them using the language. I still see elements of what we talked about three years ago still at play. And I think every organization experiences that of strengths trading a little bit in fits and starts, right? Where even at Rackspace, there were times, you know, I was there for seven years doing strengths, five of those years. And <clears throat> there'd be times where strengths was the focus. And there'd be times where we went and focused on something completely different, not yeah. not different in competition with strengths, but perhaps like core values was the big push and getting everyone aligned and memorized on the core values and measuring the core values and trying to develop some behaviors around that. And we would let things like a strength focus slide a little bit. And then we would come back and say, okay, let's remember who we are yeah. and that we're, we're focusing on the best in people. And uh, th that's just how it goes. So I think you are totally on the journey. Yeah. You're doing great. Uh that's why I wanted you to have you here because actually you've done some innovative things around strengths that I think is really important to share. Um, but I want to tell you a story before we move from that training spot where we worked with the managers and we then rolled it out. We uh, Each manager then set up a team session for their direct reports, right? And so then we did lots of training that fall. I remember, um, I happened to be pregnant at the time. We and remember. <laughs> you remember. <laughs> yes, I bring pictures of my baby who's we now We were wondering four. if you were going to make it <laughs> yes, every day. That's true. You did say, and I, you know what, I think I did my last training on December 3rd and had the baby on December 9th. Yes. Uh, so yeah, but they fed me very well. Your, your people fed me at every training and I was very like well taken care of. They know how to take care of a person at CIS. <laughs> So they kind of made it into my heart. Uh, but one of the stories that I remember from the team session, Jessica, and I never shared this with you, but I've shared it. Uh, I've kept you sort of anonymous in a way, and there's really no reason to do that. But one of the stories that I will always remember from one of those team sessions during a break, some of the um, the site coordinators who are social workers, right? So they're, they're all social workers. Uh, they were sitting at their table and we were having a break and I was sort of munching on a pickle. I remember we were having lunch maybe and I'm sitting there. A pickle there just, is a pickle, fitting. Yeah, <laughs> it was. I, yeah, that was fitting, but it was just because we were eating Jason's Deli. And um, 
I remember hearing this conversation where they're supporting each other, but they sort of are looking at this problem with a student. And the student had missed so much school. And we're talking, we're in the fall semester. The student had missed so much school already that she was going to have to repeat the the grade level. And one of the coordinators said, you know, how's that going with that student? And she said, and the one that was working with the student said, you know, she's having a really hard time getting to school. So she comes to school, but she comes to school after they've already taken attendance. So she just shows up late. If she shows up, she shows up late. And the the story or the conversation unfolded. And one person said, man, can't we just go pick her up? I mean, can't we arrange, God, this stinks. Can't we arrange transportation for her? And I glanced at that person's top five and they had responsibility you know, and then the other person said, you know, she made it to school. She only missed four days this month. Last month, she missed six. So she's improving, you know, and I, I glanced at that person's strength set and my soft developer, you yeah. know, seeing potential. Um, and then another person said, well, what's really the problem? I mean, like, does she need an alarm clock? What is the problem? Can we get the girl on the alarm clock? And I looked at it, I saw restorative and the maximizer of me is thinking, tell the girl to go home and enjoy the rest of the year and come back again next year. Like, maximizer <laughs> means like, start over. My maximizer not nearly as gracious as yours is <laughs> where I'm like this is not gonna work you're not gonna go to the next grade just go home and start over like figure something out um, but it was a strength story to me about how each site coordinator through the lens of their own strength see the same problem in different ways and what the intervention is right and how when they come together as a team they're going to come up with the best idea of how to do an intervention if they reach out to each other, like if they had the opportunity to reach out to each other and work on something like that together. But for me, just the picture that was happening, the imagery they were setting for me as, and I was just eavesdropping <laughs> in on this conversation, I realized, wow, this is strengths at play. It's yeah. pretty cool. Well, you know, um, we actually have a staff who restorative is in their top mm-hmm. five, and it made like, a huge change in how she looked at herself. And there's a practice called restorative practices that oh, really? um, that is actually very research-driven around giving uh, kids a voice and how to work through, rather than being a discipline issue, can we work through? And from that point of understanding that restorative was a big part of her and understanding restorative, she has driven herself into this specialty of being a trainer on restorative practices. She found opportunities to become a trainer and she asked for those opportunities. She has sought them out and she is now a trainer of restorative practices in the school and she has practiced it in the school and has now become a trainer for us in teaching other um, schools on how to use restorative practices. But it comes very much from her learning that this was a run of her five top mm-hmm. strengths and this is how she functioned and she wanted to be able to use that as her part of her practice as well it was a real aha moment for her and it's changed her path it, like she's become specialist in this area oh my gosh thank you for oh my gosh wow that to me is exactly the power of strengths right where you can figure out what your uniqueness is and then go train it like a ninja yeah. <laughs> to, to use Lorenzo Gomez's type of terminology is that, you know, figure out what you're great at and then go train at it like you're going to train in karate yeah. and become a ninja. Like, yeah. Well, that, she is a ninja. That's amazing. Yeah. Yes. She's a restorative ninja. Yes. 
That is so awesome. She knew, like, this is who I am, and this is what I want to give back. Uh, And and when I talk about, like, she she asked her principal, can I take the spot of a training that was coming up? Like, she really She sought it out. Yeah. This was following her strengths, obeying her strengths. Like, she knew this was something that was a part of her. Dang it. That inspires me. (laughs) Awesome. Okay. Well, that's really cool. Thank you for sharing that. Um, You know... You've seen CIS make strengths a a language. Are there other ways that they've embraced strengths maybe that um, you look at and see, look around the culture and you say, yeah, it's really stuck? Well, I mean, we still onboard all of our staff. Um, when they come on, we ask them to do the strengths. And I think what's important is that that's a message to our staff. When they first start with CIS early um, in the beginning is that we're, it's important to us for you to learn about yourself. Mm-hmm. And we're a little different. So it would be different if we were all in the same building. Right. That um, when the staff goes to their strengths and we see them every day. So it's a little different. So everyone is in their own school. So over 90 plus schools that we're serving, they're all there. So they don't move from their strengths into a culture that everybody's done strengths. And so we feel it's a personal development as part of themselves as well. And everyone's going to take it to to where they want to take it. So I think for the that message in itself is where I still see strengths as a really important part of us making that a priority from the moment that you walk into CIS and that this is part like you are a strength to us Mm -hmm. and you are a strength to the kids that you serve. And so we want to start with that message. So that has been a commitment that we've made from the very beginning. And it's a commitment. So for those of us that are nonprofit, it is a commitment because we have agreed that we will always have it in our budget to do that because we feel like our staff are essential to understand who they are and what strengths they bring to the table. So that's that's, yeah, that's, that's one. That is a good one. Yeah. And you know what? I see your connectedness in that, Jessica. I just had, as a coach, I just had to pull it out. Like, <laughs> that's your connectedness. Okay, what else? And so, um, but we, we hear the language. Uh, and so I think what it's done is it's helped us to have a language to talk about. And so we, um, I know there, there was a situation that we were dealing with and my staff came to me like, that the way that the staff handled it, they're like, well, this is, they're they're a relator. And so, and oh, when, no, they were harmony. There was harmony. Mm. And so they really was hard to deal with the conflict that was happening. And so it made us stop to think about, okay, how can we help this person work through this conflict? Because they had harmony. Mm-hmm. And so what it, so I see like the conversation that we have. It's a common language that we can, we can use with one another. And, um, so it's, it's just embedded. Now, remember, those are the staff that I see every day. Right. And so the staff that are all of our site corners who are in schools, you know, it's something that we have to introduce to them all the time and bring back to them and to remind, to remind them. We also have it in our emails. Um, and so it's really fun to- That's right. You have it in your email signature line, right? Yes. So it's always fun to hear someone from the outside. They're like, hey, I saw your strengths. We have these in common. And so it's a fun uh, way to connect with someone uh-huh. when they, because um, a lot of people don't have it in their signature line. But we try to help have our staff really have it in their signature line because it really does help you connect with someone to understand, oh, this is who they are. And, um, or I have that in common with them. Or like, oh, wow, we don't have any in common. <laughs> We're totally different. <laughs> We're totally different. So, um, those are like, those are really simple ways of keeping it a part of your culture and part of your organization. Oh, yeah. That's true. That is true. That's awesome. You know, um, 
one time, and you guys, I've got to do quite a few things when I come into your quarterly events or your annual events and, mm-hmm. and do like a one hour. And you, you give me some room to say, okay, Kathy, uh, we're having a well-being day. So, and we want to give an hour to strengths. Come do something. And normally you've stretched me because I've had to create something for you that's in alignment with what you're doing. But it's been really fun for me. My learner input loves it. Uh, and I think about two in particular that – I thought, wow, we really did something here. Uh, on your well-being day a couple of years ago, you always have a right. You always have a well-being day each year, right? In which your employees, you take the day off from work, and everybody come not off of work, but you all come together. Um, that's one of those once. I don't know how many times a year do you come together? About four times about a year. Four times. So that's one of those. And uh, I recall it was Christmas time because they were wearing the ugly sweaters. And the, <laughs> you're dressed up. I mean, your visual is so fun. And we talked about well-being. And basically, I had read the Gallup book, Well-Being, and I decided to uh, pull out, connect it to strengths, which it is connected to strengths. But to have career well-being, you need three things. You need to find your mission. Well, hello, everyone in CIS is on the same mission or a similar mission, right? To right. serve um, those who, who need it most within the schools. And then number two, to play to your strengths. And number three, to be friends with your coworkers. And so we did some fun stuff around that and played strengths bingo, where people could uh, go run around the room and get sick, gather signatures of people who had certain strengths. And I remember there was one person at CIS who has command because there's not very many people with command or woo. I think I know. <laughs> yeah, you probably know these people. <laughs> you could out of 150 people, you know exactly who has command and probably who has woo. Although yes. you're woo. We, we grew. We grew oh. in woos. Oh, did you grow in yeah. woos? Uh-huh. Because God bless her. There was one lady who had woo or maybe two. You had two. You had two, right? And, and everyone knew who they were. <laughs> yes, I think we've grown a few more. <laughs> <laughs> and that's really fun, too. But, you know, that was a really fun day where people really got something out of it. And and it was impressive to me to see how they interacted after I had been gone and done the initial training for, you know, over a year. Uh, and, and that still they were able to embrace the the knowledge again very quickly. And then the second time was the most recent time. And I it was last fall. And this was what was really touching to me, Jessica, was that uh, you guys kind of allow me to take some risk with our stuff. And I had told your L- uh, learning and development person. Liz. Liz. Yes, thank you. Uh, I had told Liz that I had been thinking that uh, summer and that fall a lot about strengths spotting in kids. And so we did that activity in which I talked about our strengths as you know, site leaders and site coordinators and field managers. And, but let's apply it to what we, how we can spot these same things in, in our children. So we spot them in ourselves and we can understand that, you know, there's clues to our talent, like our yearnings and our desires and what brings us satisfaction and where we have rapid learning. All of that leads to areas where we're strong. And so could your staff of 120 people work together in teams to identify what would it look like to strength spot in students. And right. then we all reported out to each other. Yeah, I remember that. And it was amazing that we talked and we broke up the ideas around uh, the around strengths explorer, uh, around what the talents were in the strengths explorer, which is for kids uh, 10 to 14. And your site coordinators were able to say, this is what 
you would see with a, with a kiddo with competition, the good stuff and the bad stuff. Like yeah. right, like the strength of the the balcony type stuff, the stuff that is really good, and you go, yeah, they love to win. But you also see that they might cry. Yeah, right. And I can remember everyone thinking about a kid every time we had a new scenario. Like, oh, that's that. They had it. They had a poster child for yeah. each yeah. one, didn't they? I mean, that was a really neat thing to see your staff. And you know what? Your staff lit up about kids, right? So that was another takeaway for me is from that was that like, they kind of put up with me. I don't know. I think I have a good relationship with your people. Oh yeah, (laughs) We have fun together. But whenever they are talking about the work they do, they light up. So that was really cool how they applied the strengths concept into how they spot it in kids themselves. Yeah. And, And it's important. I mean, I feel our staff have to keep a strength perspective when um, we typically get kids that are struggling, um, whether it's struggling with life or struggling with academics or struggling at school. And our goal is to be that support for them. But if we were to focus on what appears to be the negative behavior or the negative um, characteristic of it and not be able to see it into a strength, that job would get really hard. Like, for instance, like, we would not tell them to not come back to school after missing that. I know. Day. Sorry, I'm not a social. <laughs> Kathy, I know. <laughs> I won't you... get a job at CIS. <laughs> Darn it! <laughs> You're welcome back anytime. But um, th- but you do. Like you have to see that, and that activity really helped to kind of grow the message around strengths to beyond ourselves. And then, okay, now what's the next level? Even though you see strengths every day in your kids, but how do you see those behaviors into real strengths? Like what the negative things that you hear every day, how can you see them in a different way? And how do you help change the lens of those that are around those kids as well? And so that's why the message of strengths is so important to us because it's beyond a business culture mm-hmm. for us. Mm-hmm. It really is. It's beyond business. It's about seeing positive in a world of deficit. And um, if we, if you live in a world of deficit, that would just be a sad place to come every day. Right. Um, and so it's it's beyond a business culture. It really is yeah. about what, what we want our lens to see out of. Mm-hmm. So I think um, this podcast, not my particular podcast, but for anyone who's interested in strengths and learning. Um, so my next maximizer activity is, you know, how do we keep this alive? And so I've been listening to the podcast preparing for this because I told you like, oh my gosh, Kathy, like I'm not anywhere in the realm of of people that you've been interviewing. Um, so I was like, oh my gosh, this is a great training module. I'm going to have my leadership staff listen to the podcast Excellent. individually and have a, you know, a conversation about what we learned about people's strengths and do we... Do we have other staff that you supervise or that you work with that have those similar strengths? Could you see them? So I was, you know, when I've been listening to them, like, oh my gosh, I'm, I have this person listen to this one. I'm going to have this person listen to this one. So um, my awesome. maximizing was working as I was <laughs> listening to the podcast. Okay, or- I have two things for you, Jessica. But number one, you are totally belonging on this podcast because you're a leader who has rolled out strengths in your organization. And number two, you've also evangelized strengths because you've also sent other nonprofits it's my way. Oh, good. You were talking about what you are doing at CIS and other people said, hey, I want some of that. And how are you getting that? And you said, oh, well, go call Kathy Kirsten. You passed along my name and they have come and gotten training from me. So I consider you that evangelist. And then, um, yeah, your leadership team, like they are so great at what they do. They totally 
need to hear all this stuff. I need to make you're you're right. I'm like, there's my maximizer meeting your maximizer. Like, how do we need to turn this into a training module for your team? I'm I'm doing it. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, we could sit here and max like my maximizer, your maximizer together. We could come up with something completely different. Uh, start a whole new podcast. Uh, that's awesome. Okay, well, I ask every person about at the end of their podcast about something that needs to one of their strengths that has to be obeyed. And for me, uh, my obey strength was my belief. And I, I told it very early on the story. And, and I think it was episode zero or episode one about how my belief experienced some dissonance, my belief strength experienced some dissonance whenever I was being torn between two values uh, of working really hard, but also taking care of my family back in 2012, that made me change my career. And so and I, I really attribute it all now to obeying my belief. Has there ever been a time with you that where you perhaps realized I need to go obey my strength in a certain situation or area that you could tell us about to help us bring it to life? Yeah, I think I talked about it a little bit before, but connectedness and individualization gets lost often um, in managing and doing all the work that needs to be done. All the my arranger and my maximizer, my strategic is very on fire mm-hmm. all the time because it's just part of what you have to do every day. But I can tell my energy level when I'm not filling those two buckets. And there are times where I realize like I feel really disconnected in my in my work or I don't under or like I don't have a real personal individual relationship with something that those are the two buckets I have to take care of if the rest are going to work. So tell us what you do. How how would you go fill the connectedness bucket? So sometimes I will ask so like from a organizational level, I will ask, can I go meet at your cluster meetings? Can I go just talk and let them know what we're doing, which is important from a strategic manner. Right. But it's like, even though they think I'm doing this as a message to give them information, I'm really doing it for my bucket to get mm-hmm. filled. Because even if they were telling me things that weren't going well, it just makes me feel like, okay, I understand what you're, I, and I know what you're dealing with. Like you're telling me yourself, I'm not hearing it from five different other places. I'm hearing it from them. Or even um, last year, I mentored a student through her college application process. And that probably fed me the whole year because I could see the end of the road with her and her life was about to change. And she's now at Lehigh University. Oh. And um, I still, we email just to make sure how you're doing, how you're things. And so that just makes me feel like I know my purpose I know what I'm doing because all the other stuff can be like, I can just get, I don't need that. You know, the Mm -hmm. organizational stuff is the hard stuff, but then it reminds you, this is my purpose. This is what I'm doing. So if I don't take care of that individualization and connectedness, I feel burdened. Like I literally feel physically burdened Mm -hmm. and overwhelmed and it's not fun. Mm -hmm. And I really have to stop and take care of it. I try not to get to that point. But sometimes busyness gets you to that point and then you just have to stop. Okay, what what am I missing and what am I doing and what do I need to do to fill those two buckets? Mm-hmm. That's such great self-awareness, you know? Yeah, I think it's gotten to the – maybe it's gotten older that it's more physical awareness as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's it's become more obvious. Mm-hmm. And in part of the role, part of being, you know, in the role that you're in, like you want to have purpose 
And you don't always want to be at that 30,000 foot level. You really want to be hands-on. And listening to some of your podcasts, a lot of them were like tech. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them are fed through that startup. Yes. Um, and the tech world is like that. But in the people world, it's the same. Like if you if you decided to make your career in people and then you're not around people as much as anymore, like the clients that you have decided to serve your purpose for, then you, you start losing like, okay, what am I doing this for? Mm-hmm. So you've got to go back to, now, and for them, it's a startup maybe, but for us, it's like, I got to go back to why I'm here. And it's really working with kids or hearing from my staff who really work with them every day. All right. So give us a quote, give us something that you, you think about people. Like what's a perfect quote, Jessica? Maybe it's something that somebody else said, maybe a quote you love about people or about your connectedness about what you do. I mean, I think the one quote that I use the most is in what we do, and I think you can use this across the board and use little different words, but we serve kids that have a lot of need, but it doesn't define them. You know, their potential isn't defined by their need. Their potential is just unmet right now, and what we're doing is trying to maximize that potential. And so you can change that lens to an adult, mm-hmm. and um, everyone has this potential that you're trying to get to that highest level. And our goal is to really help everyone around us, everyone that we touch to get to their highest level to meet their own maximum potential. And I think strengths is a self-awareness and an opportunity for people to take their own control of that. Mm -hmm. And then for people surrounding them to help them build that as well. So I know that was like more of a thesis than a quote. (laughs) I loved it. But but it really is about... (laughs) Yeah finding the potential in all and the strengths are kind of that doorway obey your strengths is produced by geek day media in association with game day media enterprises executive produced by lorenzo gomez john garcia and michael largent to learn more about kathy kirsten visit her website kathykirsten.com that's k-a-t-h-y-k-e-r-s-t-e-n.com